0: Hi, my name's Alastair Smith, and you're listening to me on Above and Beyond.
1: Hi, all, it's Mike Myers here with another episode of Above and Beyond, brought to you by the Reengineering Australia Foundation. His mantra is to engage, inspire and educate students, teachers and industry about the value of STEM education and STEM career pathways. With Alastair Smith and Alastair's what we might call alumni royalty when it comes to F1 in schools. Alastair did F1 in schools in between 2007 and 2009. That's correct. And went on to come second in the world twice, as well as winning awards in fastest car, best engineered car. Since then, he's gone on and done a degree in engineering at the University of New South Wales, naval architecture. And is currently heading up as the Chief Naval Architect on the selection process for the future patrol boat vessel. And you may, I may have that wrong there. I
0: might have to correct you there.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, you tell me, we'll start by you telling me all about where you are now.
0: Right now, I'm the Naval Architect for the Commonwealth's team, delivering 12 new offshore patrol vessels for the Royal Australian Navy
1: going that you did F1 in schools, how about you tell us a bit of your journey for other students and teachers listening from school to now being an naval architect?
0: Yeah, so as you mentioned before, I, I started my journey with engineering through the F1 in schools program. A huge change to the world that I'd been living in to be able to see peak of engineering in Formula One, uh, not just once, but twice. And then from there, went through a series of adjustments, working with local businesses closer to home and understanding the way that they do business, taught me a lot about the world and helped me string together some stepping stones for how I'd build my own career in the way that I wanted to. Yeah, so I began uh, my studies trying to keep my options broad by starting with a mechanical engineering. In second year, after I'd done one work placement under mechanical engineering at a manufacturing plant in Western Sydney, I decided I wanted to specialise on a specific area of engineering, and I decided to make my focus in vessel design, or boats and ships. So I picked a specialisation in naval architecture.
1: How many places in Australia can you study naval architecture now?
0: Uh, so, right now, uh, unfortunately, we're in a period of transition, and the only place you can study it is the AMC, the Australian Maritime College in Launceston, Tasmania.
1: But you snuck in at New South Wales, did you?
0: I snuck in right at the end of the, the program that was being offered at, in Sydney.
1: Looking back on FN schools, what are the things that uh, you've taken from that process? What are the good things, the bad things, the ups and downs, and how you've, have you played those out in your career since then?
0: Yeah, so I, I certainly learned a lot from coming second in the world twice. The first time was completely different to the second time. The first time I went with very low expectations, but trying to do our best and put our, our best fit, best foot forward, and we did that. We we came second after having only got a wild card entry as a development team to be able to uh, represent the nation at uh, the world finals so to have gone from the back of the field to second uh, was a huge motivation and taught us a lot about ourselves and what we could do the uh, the second time around we went with much higher expectations thinking if we came second before there's only one place to improve so we absolutely buried ourselves in all of the detail brought out all of the engineering improvements we could managed to set the fastest time at the world championship and set new records but still we scraped in at number two that was a huge and very difficult pill to swallow to have spent a whole another year and made no objective progress but again that taught me a lot about engineering it taught me a lot about life and it taught me a lot about success and failure and helped me to put into perspective the results versus the the efforts and the input And I think at the end of the day, we were still winners. And the lesson of being able to walk away as a winner in your own way was a big lesson to learn at that early stage of life.
1: I mean, the standard between the two years that you went has also dramatically increased as well, hasn't
0: it? Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen big rises in the competition over the whole period, but perhaps that that year was especially so.
1: Now that you've learnt about not winning at a level early in your life. Are you better able to handle the ups and downs of life, do you think, going forward?
0: Yeah, that's right. It, it taught me that not everything's about the outcome and it's about the process and how you get there. It also gave me perspective that there's things outside of your control and it's not always a reflection of your own input. Of
1: the f one Schools process, what are the things that you think it taught you the most? I know there's some experiences there, but from a physical learning exercise, what are the things that you think you bought out of that that other students didn't have when you went to university
0: yeah definitely the exposure to the tools being able to use computer-aided design software being able to use advanced manufacturing being able to uh, engage with industry and collaborate with universities as well meant that when i'd finished formula one in schools i'd really finished first year university which made it a bit difficult for me because i'd finished with formula one in schools in year 10 Uh, So I still had another two years of uh, high school, year 11 and 12, to go before I could start the university journey, which was a bit of a challenge to think that I had to almost bide my time, but it also gave me a great opportunity to take that practical skills and that focus that I'd developed and go back to the books in a new way and with a different perspective. And I actually ended up enrolling in two university entrance systems and doing almost double the amount of work and assessments uh, that most students do in Year 11 and 12, uh, which ended up giving me a great basis and foundation, both in depth and breadth, uh, which I'm really thankful for now.
1: So you're talking about the baccalaureate?
0: Yeah, so the two systems being from Canberra, uh, there's the ACT Year 12 Certificate Program, which is the standard process, but also the International Baccalaureate, uh, which is a um, obviously an international program which gives direct entry into universities all across the world.
1: The level of education in Canberra is fairly high, isn't it, my understanding of the
0: I'd like to think so. <laughs>
1: generally, it's very high in Canberra, and um, maybe because there's so, so much brain power or something in Canberra, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities in, in the schools in Canberra, but I think it's... It's not just Canberra. I think there's, there's opportunities everywhere.
1: So do you think you have become, as a part of the process of doing everyone in schools, an outlier, someone with 10,000 hours of experience before everybody else?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's opened up doors at a, an age which was certainly an outlier. Not everyone gets that opportunity, but being able to build on that, I think, is great.
1: Did the universities recognise the effort that you did when you went to university?
0: Yeah, so I was actually very fortunate to be able to get course recognition on a couple of courses. So one was design and manufacturing. Uh, was a short course where they basically went through a lot of the stages of Formula 1. So I, I went to the lecturer in charge at the beginning of the semester and showed him my portfolio from Formula 1 in schools. And he was quite impressed and uh, was happy to give me sign-off for that, that course, which then freed me up to actually take on part-time employment with naval architecture consulting firm and again to take another step forward be able to use that time i i would have been at university to actually go out and get more real world experience
1: so what is naval architecture to a student who had not heard of it before
0: what is it yeah so naval architecture is a bit of a funny one um it is an engineering despite its name so it is the engineering of ships and boats things that float marine structures that family of engineering it started back at the beginning of civilization really, with floating boats being the mode of transport for many civilizations and also a way of transport of both people and goods. It developed from there over time as science and engineering began to emerge and the what was an art form slowly turned into a science and now to an engineering form.
1: So your role as a naval architect for this new patrol boat vessel, what does that entail?
0: The Commonwealth is engaged with a designer and a builder. We've got a great relationship with Lurssen, uh, who's a German shipbuilder, and we work with them through a contract to deliver 12 offshore patrol vessels over the next period of time.
1: So they're doing most of the hard work and you're just keeping an eye on the process, or do you have to work in parallel in the design process with them?
0: The Commonwealth acts as the the in-between or the, the marriage counsellor, if you will, between the Navy, the end-user and the industry who's uh, responsible for the design and construction. So my specific role as the naval architect is to oversee the design process that's undertaken by Lurson and ensure that it's meeting the requirements of Navy.
1: If you were to talk to a student about participating in F1 schools and also participating in engineering for each of those, what would the motivator or the the driving byline, if you might call it that, that you would give to a student to encourage them to be
0: involved in each I think it all comes back to driving your own future and being able to push uh, yourself to your own limits. So, firstly, with Formula One in schools, it gives you an opportunity to to start that early and get a get a jump on where you want to go, but also to test test yourself out in an environment where there's the opportunity to fail, but also the opportunity to learn. Secondly, I, I guess more broadly is is engineering is an opportunity to engage your skill set to make a real difference in the world. And I think that you can pull together streams of different thought. There's, there's a lot of maths and science, sure, but there's also a lot of creativity, a lot of understanding of relationships, and a lot of understanding of the way an end user might use the product that needs to be part of the engineering process. So it's an extremely rewarding profession to take up.
1: You mentioned just then about failure. The process of failure happens at many, many stages. Did that help your learning
0: process? Yeah, of course. I think there's always perceived failure. You're always your harshest critic. And I think that those are always opportunities, or it's a fork in the road. You've got an opportunity to either learn from it and improve, or you've got a, an opportunity to berate yourself and hold back. But I'd certainly encourage you to look to the opportunities of what it's taught you and how you can improve on that for next time.
1: Did the process of being involved in Air in school improve your application to other study areas or were you already fairly focused on learning?
0: I guess I was always interested in, in learning and understanding how things worked but having that exposure and that opportunity to learn about engineering and the engineering process certainly changed the way that I thought and the way that I approached problems at its core engineering is about problem solving, and it gives you a framework for doing that. So I think going forward into those the final years at high school and then the early years of university, it certainly gave me a way to see and organise my thoughts and structure a, a strategy for how I was going to tackle the future.
1: The tough question now: who is the um, most interesting person that you met as a part of finance schools?
0: Yeah, that, that is a tough question just by the fact that there were so many. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is Adrian Newey and being able to shake the hand of what so many people hail as one of the world's best engineers. But I think another one was actually working with a, a watchmaker and clockmaker in, in Canberra and being able to see that engineering happens at so many different levels and that it is accessible to to anyone and those skills that you learn and the fascination that you can have with the world around you is so pervasive.
1: And what about teachers? I gather teachers have a big impact. And what would you say to a teacher that wanted to get involved in F1 in schools? What's the, how important is their role?
0: Without a teacher, it doesn't happen. You know that, and that's why you're, you're teaching. I think F1 in schools is just such an incredible opportunity to use that platform to achieve the goals of teaching, which is to empower the students.
1: That's fantastic, Alistair. I appreciate the time you've taken, and... Um and good luck with the Naval Architecture.
0: Thank you very much for having me.